Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Hope you all had a great week. All right. Well, we're still talking about putting together that budget. And I have a couple of more things to talk about today. Now, these two things that I want to talk about today are pretty specific to making a feature film that's going to play festivals and you're going to seek distribution. Because chances are you're going to have a number of actors and you're going to have a decent sized crew. So if you make YouTube videos and you spend one day or two days shooting them, I'm not sure you're going to get much out of this episode. But if you want to hang out and uh, you might get something when we start talking about food, which we'll talk about right now. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you that food is going to add up on a feature shoot. We shot for 18 days and all I did was provide lunch and craft service for breakfast. Now, craft service is just snacks. People can grab a snack between takes, between setups, anytime they want a snack. If you're going to be shooting over any considerable amount of time, you're going to spend some money on craft service alone. Somebody's got to stock the table. Unless if you hire a craft service person, that's their job. You'll scratch them out a check and they will come to the set and provide anything and everything your cast and crew will ask for as far as snacks go. But if you go the do-it-yourself route like I did, then that responsibility is going to fall onto your shoulders. We had a few crew members who needed to eat gluten-free products. Now, today you can find gluten-free everywhere. Years ago, the choices that were gluten-free were few and far between. You couldn't get gluten-free at 7-Eleven. You had to go to a supermarket. About every other night, I would have to jump in the car after a long day of shooting, go to my local supermarket, and load up on gluten-free snacks. And then, of course, I would show up with the snacks and fill up the craft service table. If they liked something, they would tell me. If they didn't like something, they would tell me. And I'm just here to tell you that I did it, and I knew I was going to have to do it. But what a pain in my ass. I mean, you know, if you shoot all day long, and you're the director, and maybe you're even the actor. You get home at night. You want to eat and crash. You don't want to eat, jump back in the car, drive to a supermarket to get craft service. You know, when I was at the supermarket, I got craft service for everyone else too. That adds up. I was probably spending 50, 60 bucks just in snacks every other day for 18 days. Now, I have mentioned the uh, infamous coffee pot. So we did have coffee in the morning and, you know, I'd buy a box of donuts. You know, I wouldn't stop at a donut store, but if I was in the supermarket the night before, I'd grab a box of Hostess donuts, chocolate, sugar-coated, bagels, cream cheese, peanut butter and jelly, and then, you know, protein bars, healthier stuff too, fruit and drinks, little OJ. I think I did mention that every morning I had to stop at a convenience store, the convenience store that was closest to the location. So I would buy a bag of ice or two, usually it was two, put them in a cooler because I wanted to keep drinks cold all day. And then it was uh, like a 30 minute ride to the location every day for 18 days. That's craft service. 
Oh, and by the way, you also need to get the additional things like napkins or paper towels or little plates or cups. Man, I'm telling you, it all adds up. So keep that in mind when you're making out your budget. All right, now let's talk about the main, main meal of the day. So our main meal of the day was lunch. I had a caterer come to the location and bring lunch for, like I've said, 15 to 20 people on any given day. It just depends on who's shooting that day, who's on the set, what actors are needed, if the photographer was there that day, that kind of thing. Now, you can go the fast food route. If you have fast food near you, near the location you're shooting at, guess you can always ask a PA or a producer to uh, go get the fast food and bring it back, if it's lunchtime or dinner time for that matter. We were so far away, like I had said previously, 30 minutes from the location to the main highway that took us into town. And there were fast food options. But the way I look at it is, you know, you'd have to grab a PA. We didn't have that many PAs in the first place. 30 minutes there, 30 minutes back. That's not including the time that the PA would spend waiting for the food. So your PA is going to be gone for an hour, hour and a half. The food's going to be cold. When the PA leaves the restaurant with the food, it's warm. But 30 minutes later, it's going to be cold. I called around to caterers. And when you deal with a caterer, you let them know up front how much money do you want to spend per person. They break it down that way. So you tell them what you have to spend, and then they will give you menu items to choose from. And once again, you know, if you're the DIY guy, if this is your movie and this is your baby, you're putting it all together. Maybe even you're paying for it. You've got to go through and talk to people, find out their allergies, find out if they're vegan, find out all that crap before you start talking to a caterer. Because you're going to have to tell the caterer up front how many vegans you have. You have to ask about vegan options. So typically, 10 bucks per person up to 20 bucks per person. And we spent $15 per person. So you can do the math. 15 times 15. And that's if we had a cast and crew of 15. So 15 bucks times 15 pie holes times 18. <laughs> yeah. Every night I had to run out to the backyard and pull some bills off that money tree. Jeez. All right, so the way I looked at it, I didn't have any other option. So with a caterer, they have the trucks that have like the refrigerators inside or the heat boxes that keep shit warm. So when the food arrived, it was warm and it was delicious and it was really good. If you're going to go the catering route, I'm betting the city you live in, there are a ton of caterers to choose from. And there's competition. You can negotiate. Negotiate everything when you're putting together a movie. Equipment. You can't negotiate insurance. But if you're going to rent equipment, you can certainly negotiate the price of that. And while we're talking about price and negotiation, if you're going to go the fast food route and if your location is close to restaurants... I think you're going to get a better deal if you go to like a mom and pop restaurant as opposed to a chain. A chain is not going to negotiate with you. Plus a chain, you're going to need to call them ahead of time. You know, if, if you want 15 to 20 Big Macs at 12 noon, they need to know up front. I mean, that's just being considerate. And plus, if you go in and talk to them about it, they're going to ask you to do that. So keep that in mind. 
and mix it up. You know, you can't have in and out every day. I mean, I could eat in and out every day for 18 days. I may never eat it again after that. <laughs> you know, if you're going to do the fast food, mix it up a little bit just for your cast and crew and yourself. I mean, you don't want to eat the same thing every day. I mean, pizza, how many pizzas can you eat? But anyway, back to the mom and pop uh, restaurant. If you have a, a family owned restaurant or any restaurant that's not associated with a chain, go in because they will love your business and they will negotiate to have that business on a daily basis for 18 days. This is all under the assumption that your location is close to restaurants. So you can ask a PA to go pick it up real quick, come back and ring the bell. Ciao time. But the catering thing, that was my only option, really. There were a couple of caterers that didn't want to come out to where we were because we were so far out in the sticks. But I was lucky enough to find one guy who was super nice. They were really easy to work with. They wanted our input on the quality of the food, the driver, how helpful they were, blah, blah, blah. So it all worked out for us. But uh, food is going to cost money. You need to put that into your budget before you start shooting because it will eat up a good chunk of change from your budget. The golden rule that I learned in film school was keeping your cast and crew happy. That means feeding them, making sure there's a restroom available at all times, running water where they can wash their hands, and breaking when you're scheduled to break, and quitting when you're scheduled to quit. A little trick, it doesn't have to do with budgeting, but a little trick is always set your quitting time further out than you anticipated. So let's just say on the call sheet, it says wrap at seven o'clock. If you wrap at six or 6.30, everyone's going to be happy. People are going to have a smile on their face. They're going to be excited. If you have wrap time at seven and you ask people to stay till 7.30, one night, two nights, three nights, four nights, you're going to have a fucking mutiny on your hands. I guarantee it. So you've got to take care of your people. Wrap time, always make it later so you can wrap earlier. And you know in your head you're going to wrap earlier. It's a psychological thing that you will be loved by everybody. But that doesn't have anything to do with budget. I digress. Just a little tidbit from your Uncle Dave for your filmmaking journey. Okay, let's talk about lodging. If you have a cast and crew and they're not all local, where are their non-locals going to crash? Where are they going to sleep? Now, if you're in a bigger city, you know, if you're in New York or LA, you've got it made. You can probably hire a professional crew. You can hire professional actors. They're going to live close by or within a reasonable distance away. Easy breezy. But if you hire professionals and they're not from your city, you're going to have to put them up somewhere. Same thing with the cast. If, if you're shooting a feature film and your leads are on set every day and they don't live in the city you're shooting in, what are you going to do? Let me tell you about the hike. Yeah, did you hear that big sigh? <laughs> oh, man. Okay, my cinematographer and, and his crew. You know, the cinematographer had the uh, grips and the first AC and the second AC. Those were his guys. I think I've told you before that I asked him if he wanted me to hire first AC, second AC grips. He said, no, I got guys I've worked with before. I'd prefer to uh, run it by them. See if I can get them first. Then if I can't get them, then you can hire somebody. Okay, fine. They're all based in LA. 
and we were shooting in North San Diego. So on a good day, I think I made it to LA one morning, like at 4 a.m. I left the house and I was in LA within 90 minutes with a very small amount of traffic. But at a decent hour of the day, it's two hours, two and a half hours, easy. So this was not going to be a situation where people commute back and forth. You know, call time's like 7 a.m. Wrap time was like 7 p.m., 7.30 p.m. By the time we got everything broken down and situated, people changed their clothing, it's 8 o'clock. And it was dark. Commuting was not an option. So I got hotel rooms for the crew. The cast were all based in L.A. And of course, you know, uh, if a cast member just had one day, like the little girl that was that is in the first 10 minutes of the movie, we shot a half a day with her. And obviously, we didn't have to put her and her parents up overnight. They just jumped in the car and drove back to L.A. So obviously, we didn't have to put her up. The actress who played Allie, Brooke's best friend, who is babysitting the little girl. That was a half a day, so I didn't have to put her up overnight. But Derek and the security guard and Brooke, I had to put them up. Derek stayed with me at my house. Now, as the filmmaker, if you have the room, you can put some people up at your place. The script supervisor stayed with me, and the security guard stayed with me at my house. Now, the plan was I was going to have Brooke and Derek stay with me so we could chat about the next day. We could chat about direction. We could chat about lines. You know, I thought it would be great if we worked together and then went home and talked about the next day. I thought we could get a lot done if if that happened, considering we had zero rehearsals. But the actress who played Brooke... She did not want to stay at my house. I said, okay, we'll put you up in a, in a room. Can you share a room with the script supervisor, who was a female? And she declined that as well. And her reasoning was that she wanted to be in the zone, that she didn't want any distractions. Okay. So yeah, it was a, kind of a diva moment. I mean, I'm, I'm here to tell you the truth. You know, I'm not here to pull any punches. It was a diva moment. So she had her own hotel room for 18 days. And of course, since we didn't shoot on Sundays, some of the cast and crew went home on Saturday night and then came back Monday morning. And then a few of the crew who were in the hotel rooms just stayed. And on Sunday, they, uh, they went to the beach because I put them up at a hotel that was just two miles away from the beach. And my house was probably five miles away from the beach. So yeah, let's break it down here. So we had a room for Brooke and then we had three other rooms. So that's four rooms. And they weren't at the same hotel. I put the crew up at the hotel a few miles away from the beach, but Brooke, I put in a hotel that we passed on the way from my house to the location. The reason we had Brooke staying at a different hotel was because the hotel that I put the crew up in a few miles from the beach, they were booked. They were booked solid. Now, you know, we shot for 18 days, but like the first uh, few nights that we were scheduled to shoot, they were booked. So I had to find another hotel. And it was convenient that we, we chose a hotel that was on the way to the location. So either I could pick her up or the crew guys that were coming in behind me could pick her up. 
the the camera crew, they were ahead of me. They got there before I did because, you know, I had to stop by the convenience store, pick up ice. I had people living in my house and sometimes they were running behind schedule and they were late. A couple of times I had to stop by an ATM because somebody in the car wanted to pull some money out. You know, it's just shit like that. There were a handful of mornings where the camera crew wanted to get there at the crack of dawn so they could set up and shoot B-roll. So B-roll, if you're not familiar with the term, is shots like transitions or just interesting shots. Uh, I think we had a shot of like a dead rattlesnake on, on the dirt road that we didn't use because we just couldn't find a place for it. It just didn't fit. But it was interesting. For our purposes, they were a lot of the landscapes, those B-roll shots. Uh, some of the hills had clouds hanging onto them, shots of the sky, mainly used for transitions. Those B-roll shots you would insert between scenes to use as a transition. You know what I'm talking about, all you filmmakers out there. Now, if you find yourself in a position like I was and you have to rent hotel rooms, be sure you sign up for the rewards program because you're going to spend a decent amount of money, especially if you live in San Diego, California, and a few miles from the beach. Those rooms are not cheap, ladies and gentlemen. But if you sign up for their rewards program, you're going to chalk up a ton of points that you can use later when you and your significant other go on a little trip or a vacation. So hopefully you won't find yourself in a situation like that. But if you do, you know, you're just going to have to open up the checkbook. There's no two ways around it. Now, what would be cool is if you had, uh, if you're the director and let's say you're, you're doing this film with some friends of yours and they have a house and then you have some people coming in, you know, the more locals that you have who are willing to put up a cast member or a crew member and let them move in with them for a few days or a few nights or 18 days or 18 nights, <laughs> the better off you'll be. But I wasn't in that situation. It was only me, my wife, our house. We did have uh, a couple of local guys, but they lived in apartments and uh, one of them had a, a live-in girlfriend and then the other one was uh, down in San Diego. I, I just didn't feel comfortable asking them to put up a stranger. You know, I can put up a stranger because it's my project, but I, you know, that's a very uncomfortable, awkward situation that I wasn't going to ask anybody who lived locally to put up a crew member or a cast member in their house. Yeah, I wasn't going to go there. All right. Not sure if this episode's going to help you out. Uh, you know, if we have any Sam Raimi types, do it yourself types. See, Sam's, Sam is in my head because of the new Evil Dead movie. But he was a DIYer. Shit, that guy did it all. And don't forget John Sayles. Just look up John Sayles. He did a few movies. He was a very, very good independent filmmaker. He took it all on himself. All right, let's wrap this bad boy up. Hope you all have a great week. Be safe. Oh, by the way, I was traveling today. There was a car in front of me, and there was a bumper sticker that said, Lions, not sheep. Ah, uh, I loved it. I want it. Do you guys like be a lion, not a sheep? Or do you like be a lion, not a lamb? I like the lion and the lamb because it's like L and L kind of flows off the tongue. But I think the visual, when I visualize a lamb, it's a small, cute little thing. So I don't think that's a really good analogy of somebody who's a weak ass, somebody who's a pussy. <clears throat>
So when you visualize a sheep, that's a bigger, that's a, like a full-grown animal. Maybe we ought to start saying, be a lion, not a sheep. Let's do that. Don't forget, be a lion, not a sheep. <laughs> Later. Later.